Welcome to Talk the Talk. I'm Bill Newman. Buzz Eisenberg is away. Dan Torres is with me here in the studio and running the board. We have a bit of a fish wrap for you before we speak with our guests for this hour's this hour's part of the program. We will be speaking with Paul Newland, who is the founder and director of Watermelon Wednesdays, and then we will be talking with the host of Black in the Valley, Mukhtar Shabazz, about reparations in Amherst and what the progress is on that program. First, as we said, a bit of a fish wrap, and I was struck this morning, so I want to share this with you, the importance of our local newspapers, the Daily Hampshire Gazette, the Greenfield Recorder, uh, and others. Front page of today's Daily Hampshire Gazette, as well as the Greenfield Recorder, same headline, of course, not surprising, uh, given that the papers are both uh, part of newspapers of New England. FAFSA fiasco trips up students in colleges. This is a story about how students are unable to complete the financial aid forms that are necessary for them and their families to be able to decide whether they can afford to go to the college or university, uh, as the case may be, because this is the form that UMass and the only financial aid form that UMass Amherst uh, depends on uh, for making those financial aid decisions, they can't fill out the form because of the glitch in the system. And the system is so sufficiently messed up that it won't be able to give information to the colleges or universities in a timely manner. Uh, This is really problematic for many students here in the Valley and problematic for the colleges and the university here in the Valley as well. So let me just share a bit of this story by Scott Merzbeck, staff writer of the Daily Hampshire Gazette. Dateline Northampton under FAFSA fiasco trips up students' colleges. Deadlines extended. Application uncertain amid financial aid form meltdown. A continued challenge for some prospective students and their families in accessing federal financial aid applications and a corresponding delay in relaying the information from these forms to colleges and universities is, raise, universities is raising concerns about whether the members of this fall's freshman, eh, I don't like that word, class will get timely information about grants, loans, scholarships, and employment opportunities. The difficulties for some in filling out the free application for federal student aid, FAFSA, FAFSA simplified forms online is forcing many higher education institutions to extend their submission deadlines. Indeed, this was touted as the new, simple, efficient way of filling out forms and getting information to students, their families, and the colleges to which they are applying for admission. And what a fiasco. A good headline. FAFSA fiasco trips up students and colleges. Dan? Does it say what exactly is causing it to be tripped up? I'm, cur- I'm curious to know. Is it a glitch in the system? I'm not really sure. I understand that in the it's a computer glitch. Debunk. It's it a is computer it, glitch. It is it, a glitch. But doesn't seem to quite get the... capture it. <laughs> Seems like something you would capture in a, in a couple days, a couple hours, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Uh... It seems like a pretty big glitch. Here. I, I, more than a glitch. I did look online uh, to see what came up uh, after I saw the story this morning. And there was uh, a series of helpful hints. Go on the forum late at night when it's not very busy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> wow. th- things like that. But what what a mess and so unfair to 
the, it, the students it, and their families and to the, and to, and to the uh, colleges and the universities. The bigger issue with this, too, I think, is people are, are going to complain and see and say, this is go- government. Huh? This is Biden. Biden. Yeah, <laughs> it always goes back to the federal government somehow screwing this up. Look at this. They can't even do a forum online. And, and the, now you're telling, you're telling people, hey, go there at 11 p.m. at night instead of 8 in the morning. Um, I mean, uh, this isn't good. But. They, people need to, this information in order to make decisions. So you're talking about this is an important part that universities and colleges are going to have to work with their students. To, and, they and, and, they all are. and they, they are. all are. And they all are. But that said, uh, as a senior in high school saying, what am I going to do next year? Wow. You might not know exactly. Not know. May not know till June, July, July. August. And uh, what, what kind of a way is that to? <laughs> to start the year. Or to run a railroad. Yeah. <laughs> Other front page news, I thought this was, or stories, uh, Bob Flaherty has a great story in today's uh, Daily Hampshire Gazette. Did you get a chance to read it, uh, Dan? I did not. Okay. Bob Flaherty, in a column that he now has, it's a front page feature of the Gazette once a month. Uh, Chance Encounters is the title of it. And the headline in this story is Hurricanes on the Rise, an encounter with friends who find the ultimate way to connect. It's a story about Bob Flaherty, who is really quite athletic and in fabulous shape for a uh, person of his, that would be our age, um, uh, runs into these students who are practicing for ultimate Frisbee and tells the story in the same way uh, that Norman Mailer wrote uh, Armies of the Night. Norman Mailer referred to himself as the author. And in this story, uh, Bob Flaherty refers to him as trying. <laughs> in the third person, trying to keep up with these kids and to understand what they're doing playing Ultimate Frisbee, which uh, he describes in terms of the dance move that they are teaching each other in order to be able to compete in Ultimate Frisbee. And it's a great story, mm-hmm. and it is a terrific, terrific uh, depiction, I think, of these student-athletes and Ultimate Frisbee as indeed a, a serious sport that requires enormous athletic uh, prowess, uh, coordination, finesse, speed, agility, really. It's, and it's so very, very well done. So one other story that I would like to share with you, this also on the front page. Uh, oh, we should also note, um, both in the Recorder and in the Gazette today, uh, Tiger's Capture. First title is the uh, uh, title of the, or the headline in the uh, uh, Daily Hampshire Gazette uh, Senators win Western Mass title is the headline in the recorder and this underneath the big picture of the uh, girl athletes South Hadley players celebrate after defeating Pittsfield 48-40 to to win the Western Mass Class B Girls Basketball Championship Saturday at Holyoke Community College. It was the first sectional title in program history and for full coverage go to the B section the sports section of the Gazette. So congratulations to the South Hadley and the victory and congratulations to the Gazette for putting this fabulous photograph on the front page of its paper. Under it, this story that I think is worth noting and a story that we've talked about with state senators and representatives on this show, Senate plans another sex ed reform vote. Mm. Apparently not so easy for the Senate in Massachusetts or the House to talk about how to put this, sex. 
Senate plans another sex ed reform vote. Bill would update the state's sexual health laws and more. This is a story from the State House News Service, to which the Gazette and the Recorders subscribe, and appropriately so. Uh, senators this week are expected to vote again because it has not passed in other after other votes. Senators this week are expected to vote again on a bill to update the state's sex education guidelines, something the chamber has already approved four times without getting buy-in from the House. Okay, so the Senate is able to have a frank discussion about sex. The House of Representatives, how to put this, not so much. The story goes on to say, the Senate Committee on Ways and Means polled the so-called Healthy Youth Act, that's Senate Bill 268, last Thursday morning, getting it ready for action on February 29th in the Senate's first formal vote in four weeks. So the bill does a lot of things. It, up, things. it updates the Massachusetts sexual health laws. It creates guidelines for school districts opting into teaching sex ed uh, and particularly goes over how to teach human anatomy, how to prevent sexually transmitted disease as part of the uh, sex ed course, as well as H- to prevent HIV and AIDS, unwanted pregnancy, effective use of contraceptives, how to safely discuss sexual activity in relationships, skills to identify and prevent sexual violence and relationship violence, and age-appropriate and affirming education on gender identity and sexual orientation. Well, actually, I feel uh, not great about having kind of poked fun at the House of Representatives. Uh, Now, look, the Senate's passed the bill four times, time for the House of Representatives in Massachusetts to act. That said, these are contentious issues, I would think, for uh, some reps saying, what is it that people in my district want or what is it they approve of? What do they feel comfortable with? And I would think that there is a wide range of opinions on that and therefore not as easy to write this law as one would have suspected. Dan, you're looking well, at I me. I was going to assume that this was going to be a layup and pretty easy for uh, the Senate and the House to figure this out and to sign. And that's what I was going to ask you, Bill. What's the holdup? What what could be the holdup? Uh, you think? And I think it's what you, what do you suspect it is? Well, I there I, must be a hurdle to. Well, I think what we should do is ask the state reps who are coming on the show, and we'll yeah. find out why it's been so difficult for the House to get this done. I suspect that there is a problem with leadership because the way the Massachusetts House and Senate work, and the way the Congress works, even even more so. Uh, is that if leadership wants a bill to come to the floor, it does. Mm. And if leadership is having problems and or is having pressure put on them to not bring a bill to the floor, it It very well might not. That big Democratic family has a lot of divisions in the... I mean, they have a supermajority, right? I mean, how many Republicans are there, really? So you can, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not saying they're insignificant in Massachusetts, but they're an endangered species. Yeah, I did, I did find it interesting. The Gazette had a large amount of space devoted to the uh, two candidates for the Republican uh, leadership in, uh, from Western Massachusetts and the uh, Republican Jay. committee, uh, Jay Feitman and... Uh, I saw it. And, yes, and, and, yeah. uh, yes, and his wife as well. And... Uh, they had a long uh, opinion piece uh, encouraging people to vote for them, but I assume that that's uh, only Republicans who could vote for them for state, yes, that's state committee. Okay. That is correct. We are going to turn in just a moment to Paul Newland. We'll be talking about Watermelon Wednesdays, and then we are going to be talking about reparations in Amherst, Northampton, and other communities in Massachusetts. 
and across the state. We'll be right back. Talk the Talk with Bill Newman and Buzz Eisenberg. 